Hello and welcome to the What's Cooking podcast with me, Kat, and my co-host, Beth. We talk to food entrepreneurs about their businesses, about how they got started, the journey so far, and what gets them out of bed in the morning. Today we're here with Rav, pastry chef and founder of CounterTalk, a new community and careers portal championing fair and equal treatment within the food industry. Hi Rav. Hi, (laughs) how are you? Good, it's very good to have you on. What was your first ever job? Chef job or ever? Uh, I worked at Holiday Inn as a receptionist. Whereabouts? In Newbury Park. Cool. Yeah. Just slightly (laughs) cheer (laughs) receptionist. And it wasn't very good, it was my uncle's hotel. So he just employed me to like give me a job. Nice. Yeah. And then what was your first job in food? Uh, I worked at a chocolate shop selling chocolates. And then I worked at a private member's club as a chef in Mayfair. Was that after your training? During. Okay. Yeah. To like get a bit of experience. Mm -hmm. So you trained at Le Cordon Bleu? Yeah. And how did you find that? I thought it was good. But, no shade, I just wouldn't go back. To, to like, train there, because it was mad expensive. Can't afford, like, couldn't afford it, so I had to work to do it. And then all the people that were there were really rich. So I couldn't really go out and hang out and go to all these crazy dinners, because I didn't really have the money. And then I could only afford to do basic and intermediate. And it was good. You know, I just feel like it's not, it's not the level playing field, because you go there, and loads of people have got loads of money and they do it as a hobby, and then you're there, and you really want to do it as a job, but they don't really, they don't nurture you into, like, getting ready to be a chef, it's more like home cooking, and the world is so amazing, and then you leave Le Cordon Bleu, like I did, and then I was like, fuck, this is horrible. I think you mentioned that, because you went to one of your events on Monday, Yeah. and there's this gap between what it's learning the skills, and then what it's actually like to work within yeah. a restaurant, yeah. there's a bit of a gap there. It's um, such a shame because you'd think that the tutors there would have kind of relevant yeah. experience of the industry to share. And the thing is they do, but I think that they're at the point, they're all like in their 30s and 40s and 50s and they've decided to leave kitchens to work at and teach at Le Cordon Bleu. I was working alongside at this private members club whilst I was at Le Cordon Bleu and I remember going to my tutor and saying, oh my God, it's horrible, all the men are horrible. Not all the men, but a lot of the men were quite gross. <laughs> And he just said to me, well, just wear a wedding ring when you're at work. (laughs) And that was the advice I got. That was it. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know if it's similar in other, like, catering schools where there's experience alongside? Is that a similar Um, experience? I think Westminster Kingsway is good. Because I think that people that I know that have been there have done work experience alongside it, which I think is great. And I think you actually have to work in their restaurant or cafe to, like, produce for it. Or, and you have to do, I think, front of house and back of house. Interesting. Have you heard about this? I think no, but I, I like that approach. And actually, my mum went to catering college to be um, a restaurant manager, but she had to learn, and obviously that was years ago, but mm. she had to learn basically do the kitchen course and yeah. front of house course similarly mm. and I always thought that was such a good way of doing it because I used to work as a waitress and I loved it and but there was always this like disconnect There's always a gap yeah. yeah and it's and I kind of I used to really like to just like jump in the kitchen and kind of chat to the chefs and it, they would just be so grumpy because mm. like when something goes wrong everyone blames them but then they blame yeah. the waitress it's just this yeah. whole thing mm. So I think that sounds like a really good, mm. good And way I think of doing that it. Bali Malou sounds really good. Have you heard of Yeah, it sounds so cool. <laughs> like my one of the girls that I just um, employed went there and she said it was like, you know, you go, you, you learn all about farming and like you have to plan your day to like have everything ready for a schedule. That sounds a bit more realistic. So if you <laughs> would were kind of starting again, would you try and just get your experience and training within the kitchen environment? Yeah. It would have saved me quite a lot of money, and I think as long, and I was, I wasn't ever mentored by anybody, but I think I read a lot of books whilst I was working, and constantly cooking at home as well, I think that helps, and I think if I didn't go to Le Cordon Bleu, I still would have been fine. 
<laughs> it's good because yeah. it is a lot of money and yeah. it's not accessible to everyone. I think it's good to know that you don't you can be a really good cook or chef and not have gone to yeah school. And if anything it's good because then you're free of restrictions. Mm -hmm. Even like a simple thing like making a creme patissier. You go to Le Cordon Bleu and they make you feel scared of making a creme patissier. You know, you have to have everything ready and the tray ready and then all these little things to Much get it ready size. and everything has to be on like a really low heat. Whereas I had a girl in the other day and I was like, right, whack it up, whisk it, let the bubbles come. And we did it. It was fine. And she said, oh, I didn't know that you could turn the heat up and get it done quickly. She was taking fucking ages. You know? And like, even when I went to, I remember I worked in this kitchen on it and they told me to make creme pat. And I had all my like, all like tray set out, my spatula, my, everything. And they were laughing at me because it was ridiculous. It took me ages. Abby from Le Chou was telling a similar thing. Is that she's like, there's loads of shortcuts. You don't have to. So many. Like, you can put chocolate in the fridge and things like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I did a short course at Le Cordon Bleu in patisserie, and it you're right, it did just make me scared, yeah. for sure, because they do kind of make it seem like it, there's only one way to do it, you can't use a machine, yeah, you have to do everything exactly. shoe by hand, or it's not right, and, yeah. yeah. There are so many tricks and like ways, of, especially mm. when you leave Le Cordon Bleu, you're not cooking for like two people, you're cooking for a hundred mm. So you yeah. need to do things differently. Do you know what I mean? Like you need to use a machine or you'll need to scale this up or add this and take this. And do be doing something else at the same time. Exactly. Like, like it always, you need to be doing more than one thing always in a kitchen. You can't just be making <laughs> one cake batter. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> no, I think it's interesting to know. I think it's useful to know that because I think otherwise you may feel like you don't have the right skills to apply for something when actually mm. you do. Yeah. yeah. So you founded an organisation called Counter Talk. Mm. Can you just tell us a bit about what that is? I hate doing this bit because I can never like get it concise enough. That's you don't have to be concise. concise. Okay. Um, well, it's a platform to help people. Well, initially I started it because when I was at when I've been working my way up through kitchens, I'd always had this thought at the back of my head that I would love somewhere that helped. That, that helped me understand what it was to be a chef, that would help me meet other chefs, and also, like, help me find better places to work. So then I was thinking it and thinking it and thinking it, and then one day I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it, because it just didn't exist. I mean, I'm sure it exists in some forms in some areas, but I just never really knew of any. So then I created it initially to um, create more of a network so people could get mentors and meet meet each other a bit more, and also promote those businesses that don't really get a lot of PR that was like the initial thing and it's just sort of grown into more of like a hub of these fun food events that I do so people can come and learn about pasta or you came to pasta with me or the next one's ice cream we did bread we're going to do another bread one because it was so popular and a pastry one so that's those events are more about just getting people together to learn and have fun and meet each other and then educational events like the heat and then um what else do I do jobs yeah that's a big one <laughs> <laughs> yeah so people can list if you're a business or a restaurant you can list jobs but you have to sort of guarantee that you're nice to work for basically exactly. so you're going to pay properly you're going to get extra benefits not just staff food yeah that makes me so annoyed when yeah. they say your benefit is staff food and 28 days holiday what the fuck? That is not a benefit. That is like a job. No? That's a job. Like basic human rights. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that made, that made me, that used to make me so annoyed. But I didn't really know any different. I used to think this is great. I get star food. But I mean, you're obviously going to eat star food. You can't go out and take a break, can you? Like, no. you've got to have star food because you've got to eat it whilst you're probably still working. And how did you find going from the idea to implementation, you know, building a website and building that network? Um, okay, it's been alright. I've done it all, like, mainly on my own with lots of help from, like, really lovely friends who just sort of pitch in and help with, like, designing stuff or, or guide me in the right direction. Um, it's been really full on. I find it quite a lot. Like, I do answer emails at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, which is really unprofessional, but that's, like, the time I get in from a day um good but yeah it's hard it's really fun I'm, I'm surprised that you've been doing it by yourself because yeah. you've been doing so much and the events are 
they're not like little tasting events yeah. they're enormous demos and it's a lot of just logistics involved yeah. in organizing ingredients and people yeah and I find like the pasta event was really good and then but then I knew there were so many things I could have done but I physically just didn't have any time to do those things like one person was like, oh, can you get me, can you give me, this is really boring, but I'm just going to say it to you guys anyway. Can you, can you like print out recipe cards? You should have printed out recipe cards for us. And I was like, do you know how hard it is to get six chefs <laughs> to reply to an email giving me, let alone their ingredients, let alone their like equipment that they need, but a fucking recipe? Like, no. Also, I don't have time for that. And you're probably not charging enough to, no. to well, So, so basically people. it cost me three grand to put on, right? And I spent three grand because I just love being excessive. So it's like quite a costly thing to do because yeah. you know pay for everyone's track like all the chefs Ubers obviously mm-hmm. anything that they brought prep wise and then all the dishes we sent out six hundred bowls of pasta that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid and dessert. Yeah, three desserts as well, yeah, not just yeah, one. Three desserts. <laughs> you did three. Yeah, and then goodie bags and and then I got and everybody then tote bags. Yeah, mad. I need to like. Looks good though. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but again, yeah, just working on how it's scalable yeah. and sustainable for you. But as a as a guest at one of those events, um, I, it, yeah, I couldn't have asked for more. Like recipe oh, cards, thanks. sure, like nice yeah. idea, but not necessary, especially with all the other add-ons as well. Good, because I I don't ever want to make it inaccessible for people to not be able to come. So I try and keep the price point. Oh, like the bread one was ten pounds. Did you come to the bread one? I did, yeah. yeah. That's the other thing I wanted to mention is that these, yeah, they're super accessible. You know, some events, and I can, I understand why having run the events, yeah. I know where they're 80 pounds ahead. Yeah. But it's, it's too expensive for most people. Yeah, exactly. Whereas 10 pounds, and especially with the heat and you say it's, it's not for profit. Yeah, never. Then just spend my own money instead. <laughs> so annoying people always tell me off but it's but I don't mind doing it for now like I subsidize with my own work because I I think it's good to build it and you're appealing sorry no 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 I just don't want people to not be able to afford it that's the thing especially as you're talking to chefs and we know that it's not they're not paid enough especially if you're um just starting out yeah that's what I was going to say it's so nice to build the community with the people in the community and so to make it accessible for them Mm. I guess is really important yeah but you can't do that I know but and then like (laughs) also the events take me like a good month and a half of planning Mm. of my free time so that's what I've got a really nice girl called Adriana who works at Leroy as a chef and she she pitches in and helps me so much even if it's just like emails She's great. That's great. Because I've mentioned to Richard, like, oh, um, that film cost me 300 quid to buy the rights to screen it. And he was like, well, well we would have just given you half the money. And I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, you just need to ask for things. Mm. But you, I think when you're not I used to, yeah, it's hard. I think yeah. if you're not from the position where, yeah, I just think it's a different mindset. Some people go out yeah. and, yeah. Some people are, but I also feel so bad taking anything from anyone. Do you know what I mean? Like, weird guilt complex. Like, the town hall thing on Monday, because they gave me the venue for free, I was like, okay, I'll order mac and cheese from you guys and give you 350 quid for it. Do you know what I mean? I know, because yeah. I don't, I don't want to feel indebted. From, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Or like, Completely, yeah. I don't know why. And that's the other hard. thing that you, you... I like that you mention it as well. You're like, guys, I've bought loads of, like, ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. You know that you bought them and yeah. you've given them the money Exactly. For and so Terry was like... Terry, you, you should interview Terry. She's so yeah, we were fucking so nice. She was cool. Yeah. She's got so much to say as well, but she's like, can be quite shy face to face. Like, yeah. in an audience, she can be quite shy, but she's got so much to say. No, she's she brilliant. was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she was like, fuck it, I'll give you them for free. And I was like, no, Terry. Let, I know how much it costs you to make one. Like, yeah. you spoke about it on Monday. Why would I take that from you? So, do you know what I mean? I love to, like, support people. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. It's I don't want to take advantage. But, yeah, I think you'll get there. It's just, mm. like, working it out, isn't it? What, yeah. What's acceptable to take and what's acceptable to ask for. Because yeah. For example, from, like, Sainsbury's, you can get pasta for free yeah. from Sainsbury's. Because a Sainsbury's. thousand bags of pasta. Did you hear about this? So I asked for a hundred bags. <laughs> yeah. And then on the, the, the Friday before, two pallets turned up. Oh like, pallets. And the van driver was like, what, two pallets for you? And I was, like, thinking, like, okay, whatever. And he, it, it was literally, like... From here to there, 
to the ceiling oh of just two of them, and it was six o'clock in the evening, and I had to go. And then I spent an hour taking it all inside to the back kitchen to then take it. It was a hundred boxes, not a hundred bags. Oh my god! And then when I told them, like, I think she made a mistake. Yeah. They were like, okay, well, we'll donate it to a food bank. But so I just donated it to a food bank wow. instead. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, but it was okay. like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I think is I think as soon as they give you the box they can't actually take it to sell it anyway. No. It's like a weird law, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they can't because you reject it loads of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Was there kind of a moment um in your career where you suddenly realise, like, I've got to do something. I need to start this yeah. initiative. I think after I'd left Llewellyn's, because I was at Llew- I loved Llewellyn's. It was such a great place. But also a bit isolating, because it was in Herne Hill. And no, you don't really know anyone. Mm. There's not really anything else around there, except a few places in Brixton. So then when I left Llewellyn's, and I, I remember I went on holiday. I was like, OK, I'm going to start it. And that's when I started it. But I'm not really sure why. So obviously part of setting up Counter Talk mm. was in a, a reaction to some experiences you'd had in the kitchen that you yeah. didn't feel were okay. Yeah. And I suppose what what were those challenges and how did you cope with those at the time? Um, well, I think, I think I had blindly been experiencing bad things in kitchens and not realizing that it wasn't okay for a really long time so I'd say from when I was at Le Cordon Bleu all the way until I went to St John which was a good couple of years all this weird shit was happening and I just didn't say anything or think that anything was wrong because I hadn't really didn't really know any better and I'd also basically left did a psychology degree went to Le Cordon Bleu become a chef fucking hated it and then was like I've just got to stick to it and just sort of like had blinkers on, I never really saw my friends, and because I'd stopped really seeing my friends as much, I didn't really know that all of these things weren't okay, I didn't really have any chef friends to talk to, they were all chefs in the restaurant I was working in, do you know what I mean, and they were basically all men, so I didn't really have anyone to moan to, or to be like, so-and-so just grabbed my bum, is that really weird, and do you know what I mean, Mm. I just sort of did it, and then when I went to St John, I was like, hold on, we take a break, we sit down, like, it's... And everyone was, like, respectful, there was no shouting, it was quite, like, amazing to me. And then when I left St. John, so I left to open this, like, bakery that everyone loved. And um, it was the worst thing ever. Like, fuck, it was so bad. He was horrible. It was just terrible. Unnamed bakery. A lot of people know what it is. But anyway... It was just terrible. The, the commies were getting £3.30 an hour. How? How is that? Because basically, going? they were all foreign, and their yearly salary was something like fifteen to 16000 because it said in their contract that they were only working 30 hours a week. Oh, my God, they were working 80 hours a week. So when we broke it down, I mean, I'm sure that this math is off. It's been a few years. But when we broke it down, it was £3.30 an hour. And when I said to them, you do know that this is not the law they didn't they didn't believe me and also when I was there they were using things like bad ingredients and lying about it on social media and I was like just come from the like pinnacle of seasonality like brilliant cooking which was St John and then come to this place where they're using like battery hen eggs yeah and like but still selling like cream and yeah and it just it just like didn't sit well with me and also we'd come in in the morning at like six seven o'clock and I'd brief the chefs and then we'd work and work and work and work and work and sometimes till like 10, 11 o'clock at night but no one was eating, no one was taking a break so I was like, I used to work really hard to make sure we'd have star food and that we'd sit down and in the morning I'd put like granola out and like yoghurt but that really didn't go down well with the chef, head chef he like hated me doing that and basically like shoved me out in the end because I told him about himself. <laughs> because I was like, I'm not shaking your hand every morning and evening. Like, that's just not, I'm just not doing that. He wanted me to, like, come in in the morning and shake his hand and shake his hand before I, which is fine. But I didn't respect him in any way because he treated everybody like shit. Even when the girls were sick, he didn't really let them take any time off. 
And then we had a meeting and I was like very honest about what I felt about him and the place and then obviously got fired. Um, yeah, I got fired. For, for saying... I got, I got fired for, and for speaking my mind. Which is fine, you know. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible at the time. It destroyed me for like a year. But that's the other thing, why it's so good that you've created this organisation and community. If that happens, there's no HR team exactly. for someone the thing is, to talk to. So this is like the chef's exactly. HR. Yeah, and I, they actually did have a HR team, but you couldn't oh. even speak to them. And they didn't even care. And then anyway, that happened. It broke me for a really long time. It like, made me really... I was, just, I was just sad for a good year. It took me a really long time to even like... You know, getting fired is a big thing, right? Yeah. Especially getting fired for what you think was right. Yeah, it's really, really hard. So I found it really difficult. And one of the things they said to me was, oh, you're getting, you know, we basically want you to leave because we're doing an opening and you've clearly never done an opening before. Well, I had, but at the time I took it at face value and then plunged in and did like opening after opening after opening to like get my head around this. So I did an Indian opening in Mayfair straight away. So it didn't take any time to like get over that. Also because I had to pay rent. And that was horrific. And then I, I mean, they were fine, but is it, again, working conditions were terrible. And then like, our, our, when we take a break, it would be sitting on a bag of rice outside the toilet. That was where you would sit. It's like ridiculous. Then after that, I did another short opening and then I did Llewellyn's, which was great. I really liked Llewellyn's. And then I did another small consultancy on an opening, Black Axe. I did Pump Street Bakery in between that. And in the summer, which was so dreamy. Like, Joanna was you were driving back and yeah. forth. <laughs> yeah, I've heard I just, about I'm this. obsessed with Pump Street Bakery, but it's, it's just so far. It's very far. Yeah. <laughs> if I want to like, like change ever, I would go and live there. And work yeah. there. It's like my dream place. So yeah, and then I did... And then now I'm on another opening. But yeah, it was just all of those things led to me being like, I should do something about this. Mm. Yeah. God, I've had a lot of terrible experiences in like a short space of time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, getting fired was a low point, but now I find it really funny. And well, I you've yeah. obviously you've had the grown so much. Yeah. 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 And, um... and for ages, I used to be like, oh, I'm going to out them on social media. But then I just never did. And now I don't think I ever would. It just feels a bit like classier to not. Yeah, exactly. Don't acknowledge until like like, you're like not steeping to that level. Yeah, (laughs) because I know what you mean. I've been tempted before with people who exactly worked well with me, and it's just not worth it, is it? Mm. It it just makes you look bad. Yeah, or like bitter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it does. I think it's much more powerful to do what you're doing, which is learning from what you don't like and yeah. creating something like countertalk that actually then mm. helps many more people than if you just yeah. did a post exactly about someone you can tell your friends so I, you've got, I tell all my friends yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got the little outlet yeah. but not public I'll be like don't go there and my, she, my, my be, one of my best best friends went to New York after that had happened and she knew how much it upset me and then deliberately didn't go there and like took a I've photo outside. Been. Like I didn't go inside. I was like, thanks. So I've much never for been. I've never been tempted. It's just I. I literally built it up as my dream job. Mm. I, I told her like, oh my god, I've got my dream job. Yeah, you, you know amazing. what I even did? So I actually had a holiday booked in in August. So the, the job started in July and the opening was meant to happen in August. So I had a holiday booked in August because they only told me July that I started right, and my holiday was a thousand pounds, I think. And I said to him, well, I've got a holiday, but I'll start now, but I've also got a holiday booked in August for a week, and I'm obviously going to go. And it was like a holiday booked way back, like literally a year before with two of my mates. And he said to me, I got an email from his PA being like, the guy (laughs) has said, if you go on this holiday, you can't have a job. So I lost nearly a thousand pounds because I got 300 pounds back for like a flight or something. But I lost nearly a thousand pounds and then it didn't even fucking open until October. So. And also legally, I think you have to, you can't not give a job to someone based on what holidays they've got coming yeah, up. Yeah, but to ask I didn't know that. For the job. And you have to like let them have that. Yeah. So I cancelled the holiday, didn't go with my mates. It was just really shit. That's that's rubbish. Rubbish. And yeah. also, never an apology. 
Never a, I'm so sorry you lost all that money. No. Just, that was it. And the pay was so bad. Like, I was, basically, I got employed, they wanted me to be sous chef, and I said, employ me as a CDP so I can show you that I'm, like, worth it, and then I'd rather, like, prove my worth rather than go in as a sous chef Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, I can't handle this. But the pay, but then I was actually doing the sous chef role because I couldn't find one, and it was £24,000. That's so terrible. Mm. So... It wasn't even like I was earning good money. Yeah. Especially when, like you were talking earlier, when you factor in the longer hours. Mm. It's that you're not actually working 40 hours a week. Yeah. Longer. So how do you vet the businesses or the restaurants that are going to post jobs onto your website? So I thought about this quite a lot because it's quite difficult to just say... I think they're great, so they can they can go on it. So I've tried to make it objective. So if you go on the website as an employer, you've got to answer loads of questions about your business, which is basically questions along the lines of, you know, how many people do you employ? What's the ratio of male and female employees in your business? Um, do you pay overtime? How much do you pay? Like, do you do you meet London living wage? Or and like questions like if you have a trial. How long is the trial? Is it all day? Also, do you pay them for the trial? Because a lot of the time I find that you get people in for a trial, 8, 9, 10, 12 hours, sometimes 16 hours, and you don't pay them. I just think it's a bit of a fob off. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've come and wasted your whole day. Well, not wasted, you might get the job. But you should either, I believe, have like a four-hour trial so you can have the rest of your day because you've probably got a chef job and you're working every single day. It's your only day off. Do you know what I mean? Totally. You're not getting paid. And you've still worked there. You've still yeah. put in that effort for the day even yeah. if you don't get Or pay them. I mean, it's not, they're still doing work for yeah. you. So I think I always find that a bit cheeky. And I know some businesses that get trials in just because they're low on staff. Which I think is very cheeky. That's awful. Yeah. Or like, and it's asked questions like, you know, if you have stages, how do you, do you compensate them in any way? Like, for example, a free meal at the restaurant like you do at Noma. Or, do you know what I mean? Something like, like a gift at the end Mm. like you know take something home with you something sweet like that and then questions about um you know do you have contracts in place and do you give them breaks do you give them stuff do you make sure that they have stuff food and then a few like law related things so based on their answers on that I will then look at it and say yes they can advertise on this website or no they can't um, so far, yes, to everybody, but then they, when they post the job, I also then have to accept that job to be posted onto the website, mm-hmm. and it's a bit, it is tricky, because they could write some stuff, like, yeah, we meet this, and we, and they couldn't really in reality, so what I'm going to try and do is anyone that's successfully matched, I then catch up with them three months later, and, and ask them how it was, rather than it just be based on yeah, you get that they much, could lie. Yeah, you'll about. get a much more accurate after a while, after you've had lots of lots of hires, yeah. you'll get a more accurate view of who's actually Yeah. Like I had I matched a girl to work at Treadwells in Covent Garden and she messaged me saying it's so nice, I love it here, which was so nice that's to hear. Really, that's lovely. So I think that sort of stuff will be great, fingers crossed. But then one thing I am actually nervous about is sometimes you can work somewhere and the working conditions can be good but then you might work with, like, horrible people. And I can't control <laughs> horrible people. Do you know what I mean? Like, for example, it's just, like, great, love it, fun, but that guy is a dick. But I can't control the fact that he's a dick. That's, like, the difficult thing. Yeah. So I'm trying to never base it on the individuals rather than the company. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And how that company deals with people like Exactly. That. Which is, I thought, we had a really good discussion about Monday. Yeah. 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 And what do you expect, or what are you asking in return for the employees? What what levels are they, what um, requirements are they meeting? So the, so the, yeah, because also, I spent a really long time on this website with a friend in Copenhagen who works in the food industry too, and we sort of went back and forth about so many questions because we wanted to make it somewhere where the jobs are accessible to everybody, regardless of your race, regardless of your gender. So we were thinking of making it um, unbiased so that the employer can't actually see any of these details about the mm-hmm. employee but then that was a really really difficult thing to do 
So we've tried to make sure that the employers tick all the boxes in understanding that they should be employing equally. I feel like even just mentioning it, I think, makes a difference. But then for the employees, they can put their CV up on the website and then um, companies can find them. Or, But they also have a code of conduct on the website, which is it's on the about section. And it's about the way that you should act as an employee, because I don't just want to appeal to any standard person. I want this website to be somewhere for people who actually really want to love their job and they want to really do well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you can get some flaky people in this industry. <laughs> yeah. So the code of conduct, for, in, for, like, for example, for employees is things like turn up on time. If you're not going to turn up for a job interview, which happens all the time, just let them know. Yeah. Because we always have trials that just never show up, and that's just really rude. And things like respect your colleagues, talk to them with respect, also treat the business as if it were your own, because I think that's a quite a big important thing. So, yeah, we just have a code of conduct for them and for employers. Mm. And I guess even just having the code of conduct yeah. makes people think about those things, mm-hmm. like you were saying, with the employers. Yeah. It's, um, it might just make it kind of fresh in their mind that yeah. they should let someone know yeah. if they're not turning up. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you mind talking about monetizing it? No, yeah, sure. Because we were talking about yeah. that yesterday, it's interesting. Um, so obviously you're putting a lot of work into this, yeah. and I was wondering how, if at all, you're monetizing the careers side of yeah. the site, because obviously there's a lot that yeah, goes into Yeah, I definitely it. am monetizing it, because... I, I've matched so many people up in jobs and got so many people into working environments but never benefited from it. If anything, it's just taken up my time. Mm. Which I, and the thing is, I'm so happy to do it, but because I work nearly every day, I'm struggling to, like, in my free time, post jobs or message this person about this job. So I created it more to, like, stop that annoying back and forth that I had to keep doing. But then, equally, this website has cost me a lot to to launch because I'm not a web developer like I can barely use a computer and I actually have to pay the website hosting thing a quite a good chunk of money a month to have it up it's like 250 quid which is quite a lot of money like I have yeah, to pay yeah, 200 it's a complex pounds. website yeah after yeah. the like thousands or whatever that I've spent mm-hmm. to even create it in the first place so I have to monetize it otherwise you know I'll be, be living with my grandma forever <laughs> So, um, yeah, the business have to pay 150 quid is the base rate to advertise a job. And then you can scale it up. So you can pay a bit more if you want to put it in the newsletter, which is coming soon. Or if you want to get it on Instagram, you pay a bit more. That's a good idea. Yeah, but it's just, it's literally just paying for people's time. It's but not you'd so pay, I can... You'd pay, yeah, you'd pay a recruiter that yeah, money. Yeah. So it's not a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's not a lot at all. Like recruiters take 10% of the salary, yeah. which can be like from couple hundred like, quid minimum yeah. to like 20, 30, 40,000 pounds. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it's very reasonable. Yeah, I feel like, I hope it is. And I hope yeah, that people And also it's not, pay it. it's not like, they're not listing it on Gumtree. Yeah. You're listing it on, <laughs> on a website where people are accepting these rules of conduct and, and hopefully it's a hire that you'll have for a year, two years, you know, five years. Exactly. Rather than just for a month and then got to find another one, take yeah. time training them. Mm-hmm. So in the long run, you're getting a much yeah. more value yeah. than just posting it on Indeed or whatever. Exactly. So I'd really like to hope that... I'm like quite nervous about the fact that people want to pay it. You know, it's like nerve-wracking, isn't it? It Charging is nerve-wracking. For stuff. It is. But as you... You know, you've it's something you've been doing for free mm. and it's been working well. Yeah. And... There's no reason people shouldn't pay it because you're providing a service yeah. that they wouldn't otherwise <laughs> yeah. have. Yeah. I think it's like this weird Indian generous side of me that doesn't want to charge anyone anything because in my family everyone like fights about who's paying because everyone wants to pay for everyone all the time and I think that's why I'm like just feeling guilty about charging people. But I also need to because eventually I'd like someone else to deal with the admin side yeah. and yeah. then they could, they could have that income as like an income because yeah, I can't, I physically just don't have the time to do it. Yeah, and so. I think, you know, at some point if you don't start making money from it, it won't exist yeah. and then it's worse for yeah. everyone who, who's finding yeah. it useful at the moment. And I'm hoping that that money would then allow me to run more fun events. So like... The heat, for example, when I run the heat screening, I subsidised it out of my own pocket, 
But I'd love to be able to subsidise it through counter talk money. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like have that yeah. like counter talk. Yeah, money. have a little. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be so nice. For sure. And then also I want to start these coffee mornings. So one Monday or afternoons, because if you don't want to get out of bed, but one Monday a month where me and whoever else wants to that works in the industry can just like sit in this room and we just have open coffee. Um like maybe like a few hours you just come have a coffee on us and then chat to one of us about something that you're dealing with or trying to do that or even just like have a chat about mm. like advice on yeah creating this up club or something yeah that sounds yeah. amazing and what's the aim with the event so you've got a mixture of education and is it a way of just expanding your community as well yeah and i'm just also making council talk a bit more like public facing yeah yeah and because I just want to go to these events, so that's why I do them. Because I've always been like, there should be an event for this. So then I just do it, so then I can actually Yeah, do I, don't, it. I can't think that anyone's done an event like what you've done, like with the bread and the pasta, yeah. and even screening. It's all new. Oh, good. Yeah. Nice. Ice cream one should be fun. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Also, Where's that going to be? It's going to be at the Talmore Hotel again. That's oh. such a nice venue. So nice. Literally love it there. I was thinking you have to do a chocolate one. Yeah, I want to do a pastry one as well. Okay. And get all the big like pastry people. Get the shoe. Yeah, mm. come and do some love the shoe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I quite like this question. What are some steps that an employer could take to help make kitchens better working environments? Um, I think there's so many simple things that that like employers can do, but they just don't do them because they don't think to sit down and take the time to do it. But I think one of the biggest things is, um, which is what they did at St John, and it worked. It literally worked so well. Every week, we'd get the rotor on, say the Tuesday for the following week, mm-hmm. and what we'd do is we'd write down the days that we wanted off for the following week because. Um, you know, it's open seven days a week, Monday to Sunday. So I think one of the biggest things for your mental health as, and also, like, as a human being is to be able to request even just one of those standard days off and that they should be granted to you. Mm. Because the, one of the biggest problems with the chef industry is you can work Monday to Sunday, never really know your days off, never be able to make plans, feel like you don't have a life, feel like you're missing out on everything, and it just sort of puts you into this hole. I never knew my days off. So I'd miss out on all the birthdays. And even when I'd request, like, oh, my friend's wedding is... Well, not wedding, because I was, like, young, so who was getting married then? But, like, you know, my friend's birthday's in three Saturdays' time. Please can I have it off? And it'd always be like, mm, don't know. And it'd be so destroying to, like, be there three Saturdays' time working when all your friends are out. And then your friends think you're crap as well, because... Exactly. Like, they think that you have a choice, but it's not the same. Yeah. Whereas at St John, I pretty much nearly, all like, always made my social plans because they always gave me my request because I didn't always want Saturday and Sunday off but mm. but someone would want a Saturday off but some weeks I'd want a Monday off for her yeah. so I think granting your um, chefs even just one of their request days off if you're a seven day operation makes a huge difference I think that's really important even if you're a six day operation it's like quite nice because they can do other things I think that is such an important thing to do for your staff and also to show them that you respect them then they will respect you back. Obviously, staff food and making sure you sit down to eat it together. Yeah, it's one of the good things. It's nice to hear that you had good experiences at St John and yeah. Llewellyn's. Like, it's nice to hear yeah. that some places are yes, actually good. So nice. <laughs> because also at Llewellyn's, there was like four of us in the kitchen, so it would just had to be nice. Ah, yeah. I know that's so small. Haven't yeah, four. Really? No. It was really good. My food looks I haven't great. been in years, yeah, but they've got a really amazing pasta chef. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. cool. um, I feel like we've done... Also pay them. Pay, pay them. Pay them. Yeah, pay them. <laughs> Not just the headshot. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, if you were that much as a restaurant group in the shit that your staff can't take half an hour out every day, if they're working a double especially, to sit down, then there is something wrong with your menu and there's something wrong with the way you run your restaurant. Yeah. I struggle with why why do chefs have to work these doubles? Why can't we <laughs> yeah. be a morning chef and an evening yeah, chef? Yeah, you like should money. Yeah. Mm. 16 hours mm. on your feet. Yeah. Oh, 
I don't mind a double. I'm quite used to them now, but it can be really daunting. Mm. But I would. I don't want when I employ people or when I work in a team. I never want it to be more than two doubles a week. Usually it's only one. I know that sounds daunting, but then usually I make it. So for example, at Tarp, it, I'm hoping that it will be five days, and one of those days is a double. Yeah. But in your double with me, you get an hour and a half break at like four till five thirty, and you also get a half an hour break at. 11. That's how I like to run it. So it's not that bad. I don't think it's that. No, I used to work front of house, but I used to do a lot of doubles. And there's like a nice camaraderie about it. If you're like, you want a double? Yeah, me too. And then you kind of like, it's just like your home for the day. (laughs) Are you working tomorrow? (laughs) That's like the number one thing that you have in common with each other. Yes, true. But it is like, I don't... Yeah, I think it's kind of fine, and yeah, you sort of just yeah. get into it a bit, and then it becomes kind of your home, mm. and as long as it is an okay environment, yeah. then exactly. it's And not... you know that you've got your break at four, so you can go shopping, or you can go meet yeah. your friend for coffee, mm. that's quite nice. Yeah, no it is. And the more doubles you work, yeah. the less time you have to spend money, so you end up with loads in your bank. Some people yeah. love that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or that like, you know, always be the and thing. if you do two doubles, then you get three days off. Yeah. That's quite nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. As long as you get the days off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should always get. And overtime, like, work out a way to pay your chefs overtime, or give them perks or incentives to mm. make them feel less shit about the fact that they're doing so much for free. Mm. Like, I always find it's actually detrimental Loads of people are going to disagree with me, but I'm going to say it. You know you always have that chef that comes in really fucking early for a shift, and then you feel bad, so then you start coming in early, and then everyone else starts coming in early, and then your start time is meant to be 8, but actually everyone starts at 7. That happens all the time, just to get more work done, because that one chef decided that they wanted to impress everyone and start early. I mean, I used to do that shit ages ago. But then it's so detrimental to the to the restaurant, because then... They think, okay, everyone starts at seven. You're not getting paid for that hour, but you're starting at seven. You're obviously getting all the work done by four because you've had an extra hour that's unpaid. Mm. So people need to also work their hours and be quite strict about it. That's important, I think. Unless you're just starting out or you're all mates or it's your business. Yeah. Then it's fine. Yeah, it's tricky. No, you're right. It is. You've got to value people's time. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, and what tips would you give someone who is entering the industry now? Um, I don't always advise people to go to cookery school. I feel like just find someone who's going to teach you. So Adriana's at Leroy, and Sam is very kindly training her up on every section, which is so great. So I think finding somewhere that will train you is good. Don't, don't think that you have to work like a dog. To make it. That's what I was telling I have two girls in yesterday at Tarp and they were talking about how do you make it up the ladder and yeah I worked like a dog like 80 hours a week for years and maybe that is how I sort of climbed quite quickly but don't keep doing it because then it makes everyone feel like they have to do that. So don't go to shit places, work in nice places. Try to work in nice places. Look on my website. <laughs> <laughs> Top tip. Yeah. Do you wanna? Um, let's move on to lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned that you're answering emails at one a.m. That you've got a lot going on. Yeah. How are you finding some sort of balance or like strategizing time off with working at Tar with doing everything else you want to do and then also counter talk? Uh, it's quite. Just, sometimes I get really overwhelmed. Because I should also mention, you're also really supportive of everyone else's businesses as well. So you're at this bakery, how do you that? And then you're at Taranee, that's how yeah. So you're all over the place, like, yeah. supporting everyone. It's because I usually just say yes to everyone and think it's a really good idea. Like, yeah, I'll help you. No problem. I'm free. I'll work for free for you. And then when it gets to it, I'm like, I really should just shouldn't have said yes. I think I'm learning to say no a bit more. And also I feel like sometimes everyone wants to meet. Everyone wants to have a meeting. So now I'm sort of more like, can we chat on the phone? You know, that helps me out. And also, I do make, t- like, I always make sure that I go to the gym four times a week to, like, take my mind off of constant kitchen work. 
That's impressive that you said yeah. that. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Four times. Yeah. That's amazing. And like the gym that I go to is near, like it's in Essex where I live, and it's full of like older women and we're all mates, and it's just quite oh, nice. It's all like gym mates, and they're all like <laughs> mums, and sometimes they order like food from me and cakes, but quite rarely. So it's really nice to have like a completely different set of people that you would never normally hang out with. Mm. Like it's not one of these showy crop top gyms. It's literally like mums and grandmas and do you know what I mean people you'd never interact with I love doing that so I do that four times a week to like it's social and beneficial (laughs) (laughs) for my body you know and your mind body and mind yeah yeah good so gymming and then what else what what else how are you fitting it all in no I have no idea sometimes I get really overwhelmed and stressed and unhappy but is there anything really you do if you find yourself really overwhelmed? Is there anything you do in that moment where you're like, I need to just step back and mm, I can't. I then like start cancelling loads of plans and try to say no to more things. Mm. I really hate letting people down. Like I hate being a flake and I hate not going to something that I said I would. Yeah. So I'm at, I'm actually in a point right now where I'm trying to scale loads of stuff back. It's like trying to know in advance, isn't it, that you're not, it's going to be really difficult to make it to that, so you should say no now. Yeah. Instead of like really struggling and like running around to yeah. make it. Yeah. But it's difficult to. Yeah. <laughs> you're so right. I always think that it's like when someone asks you to do something, you give your answer as to what you're feeling in that moment. So yeah. you're like, yeah, if I was asked to like help out baking now, yeah. I'd totally of do course. it. But then after like a twelve hour work yeah. day, you're like, oh I don't not, do not really up for it. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, I feel like you've got so much expertise that you could be in a few different places like helping like kind of like a consultant sort of like yeah, maybe. Mm. that's sort of what I get asked to do now more than ever. Yeah. Do you have a typical week? What's kind um, of what what's involved in a weekly? Uh, not really. It always seems to change, but at the moment, I do three days for tart consulting and developing. So it will be like three days of cooking some fun stuff. We taste it. We talk about what we want to change, and then my other couple of days are usually I'll work maybe two days somewhere else, which might be like helping a friend out or maybe earning some money doing like a private cake order or something, and then another full day of meetings and running around London meeting everyone for a coffee which seems like everyone wants to meet for a fucking coffee all the time you've got to do your coffee and pickings right see them all at once I know that's a really good idea but now I'm thinking of yeah exactly I'm thinking of like pushing it all into one but then also like you've got to have so many meetings to set shit up like if I want to do an event I've got to meet this person and meet Mm. this person so I usually have a day where it's like meetings and coffees and then I have one day where I'll be like see my friends hang out and relax. I mean, I see my mates a lot in the evenings. I, do, I, see, I keep my evenings to see my friends mm-hmm. or go to the gym. And then I'll have, like, Sunday where I'll relax a bit. No, yeah. But do you not think the food is fucking cliquey? And unless you're, like, in that clique, you're never going to get acknowledged. You're never yeah. going to get, like... So part of this whole council thing is to have no cliques. And I'm doing a launch party on, in May for the website, but it's oh, open cool. to everybody. Just come along. You don't I have think to be you've done really to well yeah. to make it feel way more accessible. Oh, like you don't have to be accept- invited to this no. exclusive launch party, or you don't yeah. need to spend sixty pounds on a ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, it's good. Okay. It was really good, and like on Monday, the energy in that room was amazing. Okay, it was. Nice. Re- it felt so like safe and friendly, and it didn't feel leaky at all. No, and like you don't I didn't know any of the faces in the audience which yeah. is a good thing yeah I really didn't know any, like hardly any of them. what do you feel is your biggest achievement in your career so far that's like a heavy question yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, biggest achievement setting up counter talk yeah that was a good one yeah, yeah. Even though like it, I've only it's only been a year, but I feel like that's an achievement. It's a year, but not yeah. like not being egotistical about it. I just feel like I did it. Tick. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. Oh, thanks. So needed. Thank mm. you. And what is the future for Counter Talk? Hopefully, this website kicks off. Like, I really just hope people use it as like I hope employees use it as a way to 
find jobs and I really hope that it sets more of a precedent for business to be like I want to advertise on that website I don't want to get rejected I want to be able to offer these things to my staff mm -hmm. and also like finding ways that small businesses can can also be a because I've had some messages from small businesses who say that like for example I posted bow and how they have got amazing incentives for their staff yeah Did you see really that? good I saw like, your post really good amazing but then I had a few small business owners be like, well, we can't obviously offer them a trip to Taiwan and, you know, offer them this and this and this. But so I think also like opening up more of a conversation for how businesses can attract staff, retain them and also like, I don't know, have better working relationships. So I really hope the job thing works. That's my like aim at the moment. So, yeah. And also run really fun events. Yeah, keep doing those. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> where can people find more about you and where can people find out about the platform and coming to some of the events? So Instagram is like my main thing. My Instagram or council Instagram, that's like my way of communicating with everyone. Don't do Twitter, I don't do Facebook because I just don't have time. <laughs> and the council website is for the jobs. Cool. So yeah. what, what's the website countertalk.co.uk Co. 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 Yeah. fab yeah cool thank you so much thank you so much for listening to this episode you can find us on instagram at what's cooking podcast at twitter what's cooking pod or drop us an email to the what's cooking podcast at gmail.com hope you enjoyed the episode please subscribe, leave us a review and a star rating. Bye! Bye.